Hello, everybody, and welcome back to your favorite film podcast, The Average Film Enjoyer. I am one of your hosts, Trey, and I am joined today by my lovely, lovely co-host, Evan. And it's it's a reunion today. We have the one, the only, we have the fellas back together, essentially. We have the one, the only, Jagger Nelson from the fourth wall film talk podcast and uh multiple oj productions and uh big blockbuster films jagger how are you doing today i'm doing great how are you guys doing we're doing excellent yeah i mean i didn't i was sick this week so that wasn't too fun but means i didn't have to go to work and i just got to stay home and watch movies and play skyrim i've been grinding so much skyrim it's (laughs) God, dude, that game is so fucking good. Yeah. Also, can we talk about, or have either of you guys watched any of the new season of True Detective yet? No, not yet. No, I, I haven't to. seen anything. Oh, dude, it's so good. Yeah, I gotta get on it. I watched the first three yesterday. It's like if, it has big time, like, John Carpenter, The Thing vibes. Like, it's because it's about, oh. like, these, this, like, mass murder, or these, like, five guys that die in this uh scientific study center in alaska in like their like oh, month shit. where it's just night and so it's called like night country because it's dark all the time oh and God. oh dude it's so good it's that so good i gotta watch that um i would definitely recommend that but yeah evan how are you doing what anything big happen for you this yeah. week uh works has been fine i I was having a good day until about three feet from my door. I slipped on some ice face first. Oh, yeah. Um, you Holding, holding my cup of water, which spilled all over me. I landed in the snow. My car keys <laughs> flew into a snow pile. So I had to dig through the snow to find them. <laughs> Fucking brutal. <laughs> End my day. Oh, my God. It was rough. But you know, uh. what? we're thriving now clean the house because our landlord is selling it so we're just like cleaning a lot yeah but yeah watch the movies i saw the zone of interest again uh i'll talk about that later uh yeah yeah uh, it's my girlfriend's going to a play tonight which means that i am home alone and will be eating chinese food and watching movies w <laughs> jagger what about you anything cool big happen this week or just a normal week for you uh, I mean, it's about as standard as they come, you know? Yeah. School, movies, that's how it goes. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, so today on the episode, we're going to go over some movie news. Uh, we, we made it. We're finishing up our uh, Stanley Kubrick deep dive. Um, be sure to uh, click on the survey in the link down below to vote for who you would like to see us do a deep dive on next. I um, voted, so all of you should too. Yeah. If you Chris, don't want me to yap about Tenet for like three or four hours, go vote. Yeah. Christopher Nolan uh, is leading the way right now with five votes and bringing up second place is David Lynch with three votes. Uh, yeah. So go put your vote in. Um, we got directors on there like M. Night Shyamalan, John Carpenter, the Coen brothers, David Fincher, James Cameron, Ridley Scott, Denis Villeneuve, and Catherine Bigelow. Just some banger directors out there. So go vote for who you would like to see us 
do a deep dive on next. And then at the end of the episode, we're just going to go over what we've been watching, yap about that for a little bit. So it might be a bit of a long one today, but it, I'm sure it'll be very entertaining. Um, you guys had me at the potential of a full episode about M. Night Shyamalan's masterpiece, Last Airbender. Oh, God. Dude, I don't want to. That's it. why we put M Night Shyamalan on there because it would be so fun. Because he has so many, he has a few movies that are honestly fucking bangers. Like Unbreakable is so fucking good. The Sixth Sense is dope. Signs is dope. The Village is dope. But then he has some that are like really shit. Like okay. old, like old. Old was Fuck so old. bad. <laughs> oh my god, I hate that god. so much. I mean, if I'm gonna be here, I'll drop the hot takes. Old is a three and a half star yeah, movie. Yeah, I know. That's Last ill, dude. Like a it's two. a zero point five. Yeah. They're oh my god. 5s. Whoa. The and they completely under like somehow because in old you have uh Gael Garcia Bernal. Um, who is genuinely one of my favorite actors known from uh, Amores Peros, Y Tu Mama Tambien. He was also a voice in Coco. Uh, somehow, he, uh, M. Night Shyamalan makes him a bad actor. He's so bad in this movie. Everybody is so bad. Yeah. It's just, God, dude, I hate that movie. Yeah. Um, with a burning passion. But let's get into movie news. Um, we're going to get the sad stuff out of the way uh today this is like as of a few hours ago uh carl weathers known for his roles in happy gilmore uh the rocky movies predator uh and arrested development which i'm sure evan will touch on um has unfortunately passed away today at the age of 76 um I mean, this is a huge loss. He's been in so much stuff, and he's always such a delight. Uh, so I was wondering, what for you guys, what your if you have one, what your favorite Carl Weathers role slash movie is? I mean, um, not to take it from you, Evan, but Arrested Development is peak television. Get um, a stew going. Yeah, I think that's top five shows for me. Um, I think he's incredible in everything he does. Uh, I think we could just, I mean, if I'm going to take the obvious answer, I'll take Rocky. I think he was great in Rocky. I'm a, on the further end of the Rocky fan base, I think it's like a three and a half, personally. Um, but I do think he was great in that. I think he was great in Rocky too. Uh, I think he was amazing in Happy Gilmore. Uh, but I'll pass it over to you guys. What are you thinking? I mean, Evan is Arrested Development, right? We were yeah, it, this. it's we were just talking about this. He is so funny. Like Tobias goes in, he's paying him all this fucking money to get some acting classes, and all Carl Weathers is doing is like rising up his wife and making stews. It's so fucking funny. But like, yeah. I have to shout out Happy Gilmore because that was like one of the first movies mm-hmm. that I saw when I was a kid. Just hysterical. Yeah, I I've guess... only seen the first Rocky. I mean, who can forget about the fucking bro handshake that him and Arnold cooked up? It's in Predator. Predator. That's yeah. what I was going to say. That's my favorite. I yeah. fucking love Predator. It's awesome. insanely cheesy and so fun. And Carl Weathers is so good in it. Um, yeah, I just a very sad loss. Um, but to move on to some more exciting stuff. Today we got uh, a trailer. 
We got a trailer. Before this, before this, I need yeah. to talk about <coughs> at the Super Bowl, Nickelodeon will be premiering a new updated version of Sweet Victory, freshly animated, and it is going to be the greatest fucking thing ever made. Because Sweet Victory w. might be the greatest song of all time. <clears throat> w. Um, I'm going to watch the Super Bowl. I probably won't watch the Super Bowl, but that's okay. Uh, I've never been a football fan. I've always been like... Like, my big sporting events to watch, the World Series and the Masters. That's it. I, yeah, just the Masters for me. Golf is the Do you watch golf like too, me. Evan? I love golf. Golf's my Oh, my God. To- Jagger, sorry. We're going di- to dive off. A go- go- just go go on a – I don't know what you call it. I can never find the words for what we tangent. do. Go on a tangent. Thank you, Jagger. Uh, who's your favorite golfer, Evan? Um, shit, I got to pull his name up. Um i don't remember he's this asian guy is it uh uh he just pops the fuck off oh my god my favorite golfer is myself do you golf jagger on occasion yeah i, I love, love golfing bro i wish i could afford I, it so i dabble expensive. i used to but i can't is it colin morikawa yeah i think that's him or uh, Sungjae? Uh, well, whatever it is. Uh, golf, I, yeah, golfing awesome. is a g- goaded sport. I hated golf when I was a kid because I thought it was so boring, and then I played it, and I was like, this is the best shit ever. Yeah. Or there's a Hideki Matsuyama who oh, hold on. I need to, is the goat. I need to grab something. Keep talking. I'll be right back. Okay. I'm show you this. But yeah, uh... Yeah, today we got a lot of trailers. Um, we got a trailer for, which I'm sure Evan will want to comment on this when we get, when he gets back. Uh, we got a trailer for uh, a new horror movie coming out called Long Legs, which has easily the best marketing I've seen for any horror movie in a long time. I mean, the way they've been marketing this, the teasers and... And the poster they released last week with the girl like sitting on the chair, slicing her stomach open. Um, <laughs> it's just been unreal. Um, and today we got uh, our first trailer for it. Um, and Tiger Woods! T-Woods. That's the goat right there. Yeah. The goat. Um, but yeah, we were, Evan, we were just talking about long legs. Oh, uh this trailer looks campaign, unbelievable. The marketing for this movie in general has been insane. They drop these creepy ass like ten second teasers, yep, crazy posters, and then this trailer that is so unhinged and just full of weird shit. I cannot wait for this movie. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Like, Jagger, what about like... you? What what are your um, what are your thoughts on this trailer? I think it looks pretty good. I'm kind of excited. Um, I think it's gonna. I think it's gonna be a lot better. Is this? Is this the one that has Nick Cage in it? Yeah. 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 Well, like then I'm throwing Nick Cage. Yeah, I feel like anything with Nick Cage is good. So, yeah, Oof, those are... that's a bold statement. That those are the rules. Nick Cage doesn't do bad movies ever. It's never happened. <laughs> that's yeah. a conversation for another day. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it looks dope. That trailer is so crazy because it's like kind of just like creepy vibes and then it has that scene where the girl's like leaning over and then it cuts like the axe the girl getting axed in the back yeah 
and then yeah. it just goes crazy. Oh my god. Yeah, dude. So I'm most, I'm like, getting like, like big time Ari Aster vibes. Yeah. From this. One of my most uh, anticipated of the year for sure. Yeah, this might this might have moved moved up into my top three most anticipated just because of how big of a horror fan I am. Yeah. Um, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I can't wait for the recently watched to go over some fun horror stuff. <laughs> yes. I yeah. I feel I watched one that I want to talk about. Um <laughs> We have a new comedy, indie comedy coming to screen starring Tim Robinson, Paul Rudd, and Kate Mara. W. You get Paul Rudd and Tim Robinson both in the same movie. What a delight that's going to be. Um, oh. Um, I, don't, I don't know if you guys have this on your agenda for movie news. Have you guys already talked about the new Farley Brothers movie that looks like maybe the worst trailer to ever come out? What's it no, called? what what's the movie? It's called like Ricky Stanicky. Oh no, I haven't seen this. <laughs> it looks oh. oh no, I did see dude, this looks awesome. Oh I'm... yeah, this is with John Cena and he's wearing like a <laughs> well, let me send you this. Uh... yeah. It's got like John Cena, that one comic oh my god, what's his name? Right, Andrew something. I just, I just sent it. Look at John Cena on the left. Dude, this Let me see key. this. He's wearing like a cheerleading. Oh outfit. my oh, god. god! Zac Efron's in it. Andrew Santino is in it. That's ah. Oh, I've loved. I've met Andrew Santino. Oh, really? He's a super really? nice guy. Yeah, when I was working at Bandon out on the coast, he was golfing there, and I was like, "Holy crap, that's Andrew Santino." Hell um, yeah. yeah, he's a cool guy. Uh, yeah. I mean, the Fairley Brothers. They've got some good stuff. They've also got some really bad stuff. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see. Um, oh, they did Champions from last year? Yeah. I liked that movie. It was fun. It was sweet. It wasn't anything more than that, but it was sweet and enjoyable. Do you guys like Green Book? I'm a Green Book defender till the day I die. I, do. I haven't seen it in a while, so I'm going to – I can't say. That's fair. I liked it when I yeah. saw it in theaters, but I don't really think it would hold up now. Yeah. Um, let's Dude, see. Did you guys more see this, in movie this headline? A group of 40 people got locked in a theater during the screening of The Holdovers after employees forgot they were in there. Quote, at that moment, we just wanted freedom. We didn't know how to proceed. It was like we were orphans in there. What the fuck? <laughs> That's a wild headline. <laughs> That is a wild headline. So funny. Um, oh, to Jay's holdovers review that I've seen copied a few times, but I think he was the first one I read at least that wrote the "This movie's got a holdover me" review, and I've seen it all over the place now, and it's got like five hundred likes or something. Shout out to Jay for that one. Which which Jay is it? TikTok Jay or the Jay we've had on the pod? Pod Jay. Pod Jay. Oh, he's great. Oh, we need to get him back on soon. I love Jay. Um, we will try to do that for you guys. Uh, we got some major flops this week. Uh, Argyle, which I'm really, honestly, really sad because I was looking forward to this so much. Yeah. Uh, I'm still looking forward to it. I'm not going to let the reviews sway me. It looks the great. The fact that Discussing Films spoiled this movie three years ago in a tweet is the funniest shit. Don't ever. tell me. I don't want to know who the real Agent Argyle is. So, um, (laughs) 
three years ago, before this movie even had a name, they put out a tweet and it was like, blank, blank, blank will star as Agent Argyle or as its secret agent, like in this new Who Done It movie or some shit like that. Like they straight up spoiled who it is. Oh, I love that. That's so funny. And then they just like changed the marketing to be like, who's the real Agent Argyle? Shout out to Max and... for giving Argyle a four point five. God, dude, what is happening? <laughs> oh, I mean, am I really surprised that he did that? Higher no, than the zone I'm not. Of interest. I'm not. I'm not surprised that he did that. I'm, um, um, I'm now we... a mutual with Ferdinand, by the way. Oh, shit. oh, W, dude. <laughs> be prepared to be enraged upon levels you have never experienced. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> though, Ferdinand, shout out to Ferdinand. He's the best. Yeah. He's such a nice. Ferdinand guy. gave me a wreck this week that I watched. I'll talk about it later. A shark movie, naturally. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, also, that Jenna Ortega and Martin Freeman one came out this week and is getting absolutely horrible reviews. Uh, I'm I'm excited for it. I mean, I'm not going to see it. <coughs> it's just not one of those movies, but I oh, will see it God. when it comes to streaming. Oh, yeah. No. Um, Attack of the 50 Foot Woman. Tim Burton is directing a remake with Gillian Flynn. I'm That's excited for this. Dude, I saw a Whoa, tweet about okay. this and it was so funny. It was like, 50 years ago, people would be scared by a 50-foot woman, and now in 2024, people are literally begging to be stepped on by a big mommy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's true. Oh, that's so good. Uh, no, I'm excited. I'm, I'm excited uh, about that. Um, Gillian Flynn is also the author who wrote uh, Gone Girl. Um so I think I think this could be really good. I'm looking on forward to it. On yeah. the topic of Jenna Ortega and Tim Burton, they revealed the official name Bro. for Beetlejuice 2. Genius. Did you what see is this, it? Ray? No, I didn't. They changed the name to Beetlejuice Beetlejuice for Beetlejuice 2. And the poster no. is like the ticket he gets at the end of Beetlejuice with the release date written on it. Oh, that's now sick. They, now they need to make a third one that's called Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Yeah. I mean, obviously that's the plan. Yeah. Um, if they're gonna if they're naming that the second one is to come out with a third one called Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, I think that's all the stuff that I wanted to touch on. If there's any other things that you guys yeah. want to touch on. There um, is some two things related to the last of us not movie news but tv slash video yeah. news we got a new casting not sure for who yet Catherine o'hara from schitt's creek and many other things cast for season two of the last w of us. W. w and for all you epic gamers out there neil Druckmann has now seemingly confirmed that last of us part three will be happening Ooh. W. Yes. that's pretty cool it's a yeah. playstation exclusive yeah. uh oh. Kind of. So the first one's on PC now. Second oh one shit! Then. That's why I need to get a fucking PC, dude. All I have is Xbox. Yeah. Um. Oh shit! Did we already talk about Lamore, Lamore Morris, and Dylan O'Brien joining SNL 1975? Did we already yeah, talk about this? I think we talked about that last week. Or... I didn't know. I knew Dylan O'Brien. I didn't know Lamore uh, Morris. Dude, I love I'm so Lamore. For, I'm so fucking excited for this. W. Movie. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think that's it. That's all yeah. I really wanted to touch on. Oh, and the new Guy Ritchie. Oh, wait, we talked about that last last episode too. The new Henry Cavill Guy Ritchie yeah, movie that looks gonna wild. Be, gonna be peak. Um, love Guy Ritchie. He's a goat. Yeah, um, 
Yeah. So let's get into it. Today we are finishing up our, we've, I think it's been like seven or eight episodes that we've been doing this. Um, we have gone uh, down a deep dive into Stanley Kubrick, who I, after watching every single one of his feature length films, I can now say is the greatest director of all time. Um, Thank you. Well, you watched. Well, I said it before, them. but now it's like confirmed. You watched you know? all of them and then half of one. Trey, just yeah. just you wait until you get into Akira Kurosawa. Things will change. I'm telling you now. Um. Yeah. Maybe. Uh. I don't know. What? For the time being. Uh, yeah, but I mean, and we have gone through. We have watched some real bad ones. Uh, we started out, Evan wasn't even on the pod. Yeah, um, I haven't even seen those movies. I need to go back and watch the, them. We started out with, uh, Killer's Kiss, I believe, and no. Yeah, we did Killer's I can, Kiss. Oh, yeah, Fear and Desire and Killer's Kiss. We started out oh. with those, pretty terrible. Uh, and we, uh, we also watched some of the greatest movies of all time, including 2001, The Shining, which, by the way, is one of our better performing episodes right now. Uh, very proud of yeah. myself with that thumbnail. Yeah, that goes hard as fuck. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it's been quite the journey. Um, but we are excited to finish it up today. Um, to review his last two films as a director. Um, we're going to start out with Full Metal Jacket. Uh, Hell yeah. <clears throat> so this was released seven years after the shining um full metal jacket 1987 stars matthew modine uh goaded uh adam baldwin who is amazing in this uh the best role in this in my opinion vincent d'onofrio uh just unbelievable uh dorian harewood arliss howard um just some great great names in this film um I think the IMDb rating is like 8.3. Yeah, 8.3 for this film. It should be higher. This is the best war movie ever made. Average rating of 4.2 on Letterboxd. Uh, a pragmatic U.S. Marine observes the dehumanizing effects of the U.S.-Vietnam War has on his fellow recruits from their brutal boot camp training to their bloody street fighting in Hue. Um... This goes so, well with our platoon talk. It really does. I wish, uh, yeah, I wish we could have like added this on to our platoon yeah. talk because I feel in the way that they handle the Vietnam War and the way the story is told, it, yeah. they they are very, very, very similar. Yeah. Um. And but yeah, let's let's just hop right into it with your guys's opening thoughts. Um, Jagger, since you're the guest, I'm gonna shoot it to you first. What are your opening thoughts? Uh, for Full Metal Jacket. And I have Full Metal Jacket at like a very low five star. I think it sort of borders between four and a half and five for me. But that being said, I think that it's absolutely incredible in the way it handles a lot of things. Uh, mm -hmm. The thing that I usually associate it with the most is how incredible its ability to handle a sort of juggling between absolutely shocking horror that this movie sometimes gives and juggling that between a movie that's thoroughly entertaining and i'd even go as far as to say occasionally quite funny it's very funny um so 
I think that in the manner that it handles those two genres, it handles it really well, which obviously light work for Big Stan over here. But I think on a lot of levels, it is a cinematic achievement. Yeah. Um, yeah. Evan, what about you? Yeah, I love this movie. It's. I don't think it's the best war movie of all time. Uh, I think the first half of this movie is perfect. Genuinely perfect. The pacing is crazy. It's funny, haunting, very intense. Arlie Emery is maybe one of the most entertaining characters ever put on screen. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that um, after Private Pile kills himself and... uh, that first like 30 minutes in Vietnam I find is like way worse than the rest of this movie and hmm. it it just kind of drops off my attention for me a lot but then the last 20 minutes when it's the sniper holdout battle part oh my god it's, dude it's perfect it is genuinely perfect the lighting the lighting with the fire all around oh my god it's insane it's it's genuinely perfect so Mm -hmm. i think that that first bit when they get to vietnam is slight dip so i have this at a four and a half it's number six in my kubrick ranking i actually have passive glory above it wow Um, yeah Uh, that's a take is it is it a take that's an, I don't think that's a take. I have Paz of Glory at five stars, too. Yeah. And I have this at five stars. Yeah. I was going to say, like, we can get into this more, but I just want to kind of, like, put the idea out there really quick because I'm curious. I don't know if you've seen Platoon, uh, Jagger, but... I have not. Ooh, I think that, Highly recommend. Yeah. I, I genuinely think that the way that both these movies try to show the impact of the war on people... I think Platoon does it better. Ooh. I don't think Platoon's as good of a movie. It's definitely not. But yeah. I think that Platoon shows the the toll that it takes on not just the individual, but, like, the dynamics between people and, mm-hmm. like, how they think about each other and whether, like, at the moment they have split views, it's like, well, now you're an enemy, even though we're on the same side. Um, I think Full Metal Jacket does it really well, but it doesn't really get into that too much in the second half, I find. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. I want to talk about it more with you, Trey, but I'll shoot you to your initial. Yeah. Uh, can I ask, what is... You, you said Paz of Glory is your yeah. favorite war movie? No, Thin Red Line is my favorite war movie. Oh, Terrence, Terrence Malick, Malick, of course. Um, yeah. So, this is my number one war movie. Yeah. Um, I think this might be the this and Paz of Glory are the only war movies uh, I have at five stars. Um, uh, as I've talked about, I'm not the biggest fan of war movies. Um, it's just I, I don't like have a problem with them, but it's just not a genre that I am jumping to dive into. Um, so this this one, I rewatched it this morning. I double featured it with the other movie we'll talk about today. Uh, but this one, the first watch, it took me a while to get around to it again, just because like war movies aren't my 
first choice when it comes to picking a movie to watch. Um, but yeah, this is my number one. I think there are a lot of parallels that you can draw here to Platoon um, in the fact that even... So, like, obviously, Joker, to, to kind of just get into it, Joker is our main character. We see everything through his lens. Um which might I say, Matthew Modine gives an amazing performance. So good. Mm-hmm. Um, but we see everything through his lens. And I feel like his character this entire movie is like this kind of like he it's really hard to like put a finger on it, but he kind of takes the war for granted and he takes the horror of the war for granted, you know? Um, and, and we always kind of have like the, how we had Willem Dafoe and Tom Berenger's characters in Platoon. You always have that like, uh, angel and devil on each shoulder in this movie. And in the beginning, um, you have, uh, Private Pyle or Leonard, um, and, uh, the sergeant, um, played by Arlie Emery, I think his yeah. name is, who yeah. he he got, like, a bunch of recognition for his role in this. Oh um, uh, Lee Emery, um, yeah, Sergeant Hartman. He was so good. Um, and the craziest part about that, fun fact, he was an actual U.S. Marine drill instructor in the Vietnam War. In the oh, Vietnam really? War. I didn't know that. Um, so that's why he's so good in this. Um, and then you move on and you have, uh, you have like cowboy and those guys. And then you have animal mother as like the angel and the devil in the second half, um, which I find so interesting. And I think this to respectfully disagree with you, Evan, I think this does the best job at showing the horrors because this entire movie Joker is kind of like, that's why they call him Joker. He's always joking around he doesn't really take things seriously. And the first time you see it kind of like, he's like, oh shit, this is for real, is when he sees those bodies all lined up in the mass grave. Mm-hmm. And you see this look on his face that is just like, oh my God, this is for real. Like, this is this is just... it, And I think... Stanley Kubrick does such a good job of depicting that. Um, And uh, you even get it at the end when he shoots the ending, when he shoots the the, uh, injured uh, soldier, the injured girl in the head. Um, You even get it there where you have like animal mother saying like, leave her. Uh, you, you like she deserves it, da 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 da, and um, like Joker wants to like stay there with her. Uh, so I think there's just a lot of interesting um, moral dilemmas, and morality is a really, really, it's really handled in an interesting way in this film. Yeah. Um, these are my favorite kind of war movies that are like superhuman. I think you would love Thin Red, Thin Red Line, Trey, because that yeah. movie is like. Evan, have you seen Come and See? Yeah. <laughs> I've seen it. Yeah. Probably will never watch it again. That movie is painful. Yeah. God. Um but I mean, Jagger, what about you? What are, what are your favorite parts about this movie, especially when it comes down because there's a lot of big themes that are handled here. 
Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of big themes that are handled here, yes. Um, I think that there is some kind of meaning that goes just beyond it being a Vietnam movie. I think that there are deeper concepts hidden within, as you get that with a lot of Stanley's work. Um, I think to say a favorite part of this movie is rough, you know? Because a lot of this movie is very harsh. Mm -hmm. Um... I think the scene I respect the most, I think Vincent D'Onofrio gives killer performance in this movie. And I think in the scene with the pillow sheets or the pillow covers, he gives great performance during that scene. Um, It's a scene that really, like, it hurts to watch. Yeah, it's a tough one. Um, You have, obviously, the scene in the bathroom. So so perfectly executed Mm -hmm. um i think when you go to the drill sergeant scene i think that that's the only scene i would really consider a favorite for the sheer purpose that a lot of the other scenes in this movie were like oh god that's that's something you know um that sniper scene uh or no there was one part of the movie where they're like behind lines and they're just somewhere where they're staying and they're making like a documentary kind of thing back there Mm -hmm. and there's a scene where they just pull out a vietnamese body and it's just kind of sitting there in like clothes and they like have it sat up oh yeah Uh, yeah yeah that was it's a lot of imagery in this movie that i still can't really shake um some really harrowing stuff but I think past all of that lies a near-perfect film in technical regards. But as far as Kubrick's work as on an enjoyment scale, this is definitely not at the top of the top. But I think that it is very high up. Like, top five for me. Mm. Yeah, I mean, this... I don't know where this is in my Kubrick ranking. I need to pull up my list. Uh, but yeah, I mean... We, I feel like this movie, it's like split up into like, it has like, it's like two separate movies. Yeah, it is yeah. definitely two separate movies. Like after, after like, uh, Gomer or Private Pile like shoots himself, it yeah. like completely changes tonally. Yeah. Um, might I say that scene in the bathroom might be one of my all time favorite scenes. It yeah. is so damn good. The score, that is what I really noticed on this watch is uh the score here is just especially in that scene it is just unbelievable it is so good um how many times have you seen this me yeah this is my second time Mm -mm. um but yeah i mean the score in that scene is just so good um but yeah i find this movie just so rewatchable um yeah it's weirdly rewatchable i think i would maybe like it better on a second watch kind of knowing what to what i'm getting into because i didn't know anything about i only watched this for the first time like in december i think um Mm -hmm. all i knew was i'd seen the bathroom scene before like on youtube when i was like 15 or whatever and like 
That's oh, all like, I really knew. These are the all-time great acting yeah. performances. Yeah, I yeah. used to watch those videos too. <laughs> yeah, I and I had seen like Watch Mojo clips of this movie and uh-huh. all that kind of shit. Um, but I didn't really know anything else about the rest of it. And so yeah, I'm curious to see if my perspective changes, like knowing what I'm getting into. Yeah. And yeah, like I cannot understate how fucking insane this sniper showdown looks it is some of stanley kubrick's best visuals like the way when it's daytime during the scene it's really beautiful and then the sunset kind of kicks in and you get like these insane shots of the sun with fire just everywhere it's nuts and yeah. it's super tense too and you've got this one guy in the middle of the field just taking shots getting absolutely shit on and they're like just trying to figure out oh my god it's it's my favorite part of the movie by far is the last like 20 30 minutes yeah um that that uh those shots where each of them gets shot and he like oh, switches god. into slow mo yeah but yeah i'm wondering uh for you guys before i let I'm really for our next review. I'm really going to take a back seat and just let you guys. Yeah. Because I know how much each of you love it. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah. where does full metal jacket rank in your Kubrick ranking? Uh, yeah, it's sixth. For me. I, Six. I could okay. see it maybe going up. I'm not sure, but it's, yeah, it's, I think six is pretty comfortable. It's right um, above. Uh, let me look what it's above. I mean, if I try and put it into perspective, I could name Kubrick movies I like more and Kubrick movies I like less. So he did around 12, right? Yeah. 13. Then 13. I'll put it mm-hmm. in six. Put six. It. Okay. I have this right above uh, Clockwork Orange. Wow. I did. I, um, can we backtrack for a second? Since I wasn't here. Clockwork Orange conversation. Real quick. Um, Clockwork Orange is top 10 films of all time for me. Absolute masterpiece in every regard. Neither of you have it at five stars. No. We watched this together, too. Yeah, we did. I don't know. There's something so inherently off about this movie that, number one, it does not make me feel... It doesn't make me feel good watching it, but it's not in a way where I'm like, oh, this is so effective and how uncomfortable it is. It's more that just the movie kind of flows weirdly for me. Yeah. And I think that once he gets out of the uh, program, the last like 20 minutes or whatever, feels slightly tacked on almost. No. Agreed. (laughs) That's my least favorite part of the movie. I had seen that movie before and I totally forgot that even happened. I really think that that the, ending, my god! I think that, the first like forty minutes when it's just him and the boys fucking around and drinking milk is like it's the best part of the movie. It's like fun-ish. Okay. The the vibes no, are really I, it's, cool. It is it's cool. It's cool vibes, but then you like actually it think also, about what's happening, and you're just like, yeah. oh fuck! It's also this is terrible. Part of the movie I was too. gonna say, Trey. Saying this movie feels off and then saying that's your favorite part of the movie is a complete oxymoron. No, but, but it's no, not it, it's kind of off. It's like, a, <laughs> it's, it's like a... It's just this movie is structured really weirdly because it like yeah. has its climax and then it kind of just fizzles for like 20 extra minutes. 
and okay. it's like he's getting home and he hasn't he's just like, i feel oh, like i feel like yeah freaking joe all the homies hate joe yeah fuck uh, joe god fucking worst dude <laughs> trying to seduce alex's mom what the fuck uh no uh i feel like if you took out those last like 20 minutes i feel like if you just let him go into the program and then you did like one scene where you see the actual effects like in the real him world yeah to... and then ending it i think the that would have been better Trey, the whole point of that last 20 minutes it went somewhere else except for a comprehension state the point is right he comes out and you see the effects he's exactly stage, and then you end it that stage where he's on screen on this the scene where he's on the stage and they're like testing him right and then he comes out of that he comes back he's weak you he could have ended it guys. after that scene no honestly i would have been happy if they ended it, it after that scene. that scene that, that might have been a five that scene is that would have really been great. a dope final scene I don't think you need the scene where he goes home. What? It feels weird. Yeah. You can already what? tell his parents don't like him like for most of the movie and it's just kind of like reinforced, you know. Yeah. He goes home. He's in the hospital and the movie ends with a point of realization that when someone is that dark and twisted that when you see they can do anything they want and they can make the government people look like the villains even after everything that happened in that first 30 to 40 minutes. That they can do all of these horrible, horrible things. But no matter what you do, it's a commentary on concepts of research, concepts of healing, concepts of fixing in abnormal ways no, that I, go beyond trying we, to... No, I think we know that and we get that. We I get also, the point of it. We get the point of it. It just doesn't feel right. Happened. I also think that that idea is not totally original and I don't need extra commentary on it because I already understand that some people are just too damaged to fix. And I I really think that we <laughs> were getting Jagger so heated. I find this movie flows so weirdly. It, I don't it has, Can you elaborate? It, it's a, okay, so it's a long movie, right? It's yeah. I don't think it's paced badly. It's like two two twenty whatever. I don't think the pacing's bad. Mm -hmm. But I found myself feeling the runtime because the tonal shifts in this movie are so exactly. odd, and it's like it's like this. It, yeah, you get like you get like whiplash. Yeah, it's very odd. I I I still love this movie. I give it a four point yeah. five. But we're I not think we're Jagger. Is, we're not yeah. like hating on this movie. We're just saying it has its issues. That's I, fair. I, I really do feel that. In it, your opinion. It, it, yes, in my opinion, it has <laughs> such. You know what? I might move this to a four. I'm not gonna lie. Talking. <laughs> I know. Talking about it, I want to move it lower. It, just thinking about that this scene is... on the stage is so impactful and it leaves such a sour taste in your mouth for Alex as a character and you're just like Jesus Christ like this is awful to watch and the I feel the point at the end is you're not supposed to feel bad for him you're supposed to remember those not feeling bad for a man who can't commit rapes and crimes anymore gosh <laughs> ah, no shoot he can't no do the things he loves in this movie where you're sympathizing <laughs> with him you're like good but so that's the thing you but you feel the impact of the rest of the movie in that stage scene so deeply that i find that having anything come after it lessens the impact of that scene because that scene is so heavy hitting and that's why this movie is my number eight kubrick 
The scene where he's back in the guy's house is a masterpiece of cinema. I'm dropping it. I'm putting it below clock. Uh, Doctor Strange Love. This honestly, this honestly might be at. This honestly might be below the killing for me. I need to watch that. I love it's peak. It's so good. Trey below the killing. Yeah, I loved the killing. It's so good. Thank you, Jagger, for making me and Trey realize how Clockwork Orange is not peak. It's yeah, like, Jagger, actually... now you know how I Jagger, now you know how I felt when you told me that Jurassic World Dominion was better than Jurassic Park. It is. I was scrolling it's... through Jagger's diary and I saw his Oppenheimer review from this week and it's I It's not Oscar bait. It is. Yeah, it is it not is. Oscar. Bait. Maestro it's... is Oscar bait. It's more Oscar Maestro bait is Maestro. Oscar bait. Maestro's actually good. No, it's not. Oh it's my so... god. I I I I I don't want to have to explain why Maestro is bad, but if you want someone to explain it to you, go watch uh, Real Takes. Go watch his review on Maestro. That is I one of the most knowledgeable and well put together reviews I have ever seen. I saw his review of Maestro. I found Maestro to be a highly entertaining film. It's I so it fucking. I know, boring. but it does discs. It does a disservice to Leonard Bernstein as a person. My thing and if you're going to make a biopic and then completely glaze over a bunch of that, what Jeez. made that person that person, then that's not a good movie. Dude, Maestro has the same problem that Napoleon does, where the first act of it is a speed run. It's an absolute okay. speed run through his life to get to a point where you're like, oh, yeah, this is where Carrie well, Mulligan's you know character. Oh, my God. It's so weird. You know what, Trey? What? If you're going to make a biopic about J. Robert Oppenheimer, make it smart. I'm booting it down to two stars. What? <sighs> Do whatever you want, dude. You're, you're just That's wrong. <laughs> what do you oh mean it's God. not smart? What do you mean? I mean that it is a very, very poorly put together film. <gasps> I don't get it. Can you give Let's me like on. an example? I, we need to move on. I need. I need. Evan is gonna have a brain aneurysm. Um, I need one example of how this movie. is. Wait, before we move on, I need one example of how this movie's badly put together. I, I, I just okay. Need to get it's it's perfect. The the sex scene in Don't Look Now adds more to the story. Good God. What's Don't Look Now again? Don't Look Now is that really garbage 70s horror movie where there's a 10-minute sex scene that intercuts with scenes of people drying their hair. Dude, the sex uh, scenes in Oppenheimer are essential to the story. They truly are. Okay, well, the sex scenes in Oppenheimer are about as relevant to the story as Joe Coy is to modern art. <laughs> oh my god, alright. <laughs> That's fucking crazy. Both of them are extremely <laughs> essential. Okay, <clears throat> I can't. Let's go. Let's talk about Eyes Wide Shut. Oh my god. Give me one sec. I'm gonna go fill my cup of water. I'll be right back. Dude, I can't. <laughs> I, well, I'm not gonna cut this out, by the way. This is... No, please, please don't. I, my heart hurts. For you, People Jagger. People need to hear the unbiased truth. People need to hear the unbiased truth. How? How? What? How is like what me? How is having this at a five star a bi biased? Bi a like biased a, untruth? Because I it, don't know how you got there. Because it's an immaculate film. 
It's an amazing film. It's so good. I believe that there is more. Bro, I'm wearing headphones and I can hear Trey yelling through the other it's room. It's so, dude. And even, even, even I, I take everything you say about this movie with a grain of salt because you said that Killers of the Flower Moon has a better score than yeah. this. Um, and there's more food for thought in Human Centipede Three than there is for all of Oppenheimer. Dude, oh my god, that what I saw that in you are wrong. I saw Human Centipede Three in your diary. That that is a whole different beast to tackle. What do you mean? There's no food. For, oh my dude, this god, dude. this view, this podcast better blow up, or it's not going to be worth yeah. it. All this pain that my heart is feeling. Oppenheimer is a bland stale. I'm watching Oppenheimer That's tonight. Okay, Dad, Dad, come here. Ah, uh, my even my dad, my dad who doesn't love biopics thinks Oppenheimer is pretty good. Pretty good. Two stars is not a bad review. Pretty yes. good. Two stars is literally the definition of a negative half. review. It is below half. I mean, yeah, I think it is below half. I'm getting broke. <laughs> you don't think it is below half. Oh my god. I can't. I can't. Six out of 100. Oh my! It's literally. God. I can't handle this. Let's move on. I'm gonna. I'm gonna have like a. I God, dude. Oh, I might need to take ten. If you want to take ten, I gotta figure out my guidelines for my rating numbers. Let's let's talk. No, about eyes it's wide good. Shut. Uh, yeah, eyes wide shut. I'm. Wait, this I'm, was the first view for you, right? No, it wasn't. It was the oh, second okay. one. Uh, I'm gonna. Um. I'm going to take a back seat during this because I don't have too much to say here. I think it's an amazing yeah. film, but again, this is, I think you guys will have a much better conversation without me. And then we'll get into what we've been watching recently. <sighs> yeah. Um, uh, Eyes wide shut 1999, a sex odyssey. Um, this was Stanley Kubrick's final film. Uh, one thing I want to add before I let you guys kind of go crazy. Uh, can, big conspiracy theory with this film yeah. There is people think that there is uh 30 minutes uh there was 30 minutes cut out of this Tom where Stanley Kubrick uh basically exposes a bunch of the Hollywood elite for being a huge like sex cult. Um I think it's fun to think about that. It's probably not true, but um I mean it's the same thing with like uh how he how apparently Stanley Kubrick filmed the uh, moon landing. It's bullshit. Um, you got Tom Cruise. You got Nicole Kidman. Uh, this came out a lot after of Nicole Kidman. Yeah, this came out twelve years after uh, Full Metal Jacket. Uh, after Dr. Bill Harford's wife Alice admits to having sexual fantasies about a man she met, Bill becomes obsessed with having a sexual encounter. He discovers. He discovers an underground sexual group and attends one of their meetings and quickly discovers that he is in over his head. So the word sexual is used three times in this uh, synopsis. Uh, so that should give you a good idea of like the Very rating of this movie. movie. It's extremely horny. Um, but yeah, I'm going to hand it off to you guys. You guys can have a conversation. I'm just yeah. going to sit here and meditate on Jagger's insanely ill takes. Okay. I, I'm eyes I'm, watch. Oh. Oh. Okay. Uh. So first, I would like to quickly Trey. You're still listening, right? Yes, I am. 
I would like to shoot down the word horny that you used. I think that that is a really incorrect term when it comes to a movie like this. Um, this movie... What? Nothing. Nothing. I'm so pissed about Oppenheimer, but I think... I mean, this is horny. It's a movie about sex. That's really what this boils down to. This is a movie about sex. No! What? Oh, okay. Hold on a minute, Trey. Um, 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 um. Where to start? Absolutely not. What, what, Jagger, tell me. What's the final piece of dialogue in this movie? Remind me. I understand. (laughs) There is one thing we need to do, and what's that? Okay, Fuck. I Fuck. I Roll credits! I understand where you're coming from, but this movie uses sexual content as a way for it to convey its message of the concept of both unhappy relationships and the concept of loneliness as a whole in theory. Right? See, when this movie uses its sexual content, like if you look at the scene behind me, this scene is not about... That scene's not horny. No, no it's not. But it's not. Tom Cruise going to town on Nicole Kidman 15 minutes into the movie, that's pretty horny. That's pretty horny. Like, in theory, yes. At least I would say, you know. Yeah. In, in theory, yes. But in that moment, I assume you're talking about the moment where she's looking into the mirror? Yeah. That whole thing is a grand metaphor. You're looking at him being this overly compassionate person who's just doing what he believes will make her happy in that moment but then she's looking into the mirror looking at herself and doing in a more of an introspective look when he's there she's not acknowledging his existence in that moment uh if you look at i don't know any of the points where it cuts back to nicole kidman and what he's envisioning in his mind You're looking at a man who is in fear of the concept of loneliness. You're looking at a man who does not want to be alone. So the sheer concept of her being with another man, the concept of her leaving him, drives him into a state of madness. A state of becoming a fiend, becoming um, a tyrant for this concept to get back at her. But getting back at her needs him to be with someone else so that he is not in a state of loneliness at any point. He's scared of that theory, scared of being alone. So when he's at this club and he realizes he's in over his head, he realizes that there are all of these people who they're not alone by any means. They're probably doing this nightly. But they're behind these masks. These are not people that you can tell if they're happy or not and if you listen all you hear is dialogue and music for the most part you never hear any sound relating back to passion in this scene because all you are getting is people that are generally unhappy they have masks on look at each and every one of these masks none of them are smiling because none of these people are happy the concept of having a partner is not what makes you happy it's the concept of having a partner who's happy in the relationship with you and having a companion instead of just someone at your side a sidekick of sorts because the sidekick role that he plays where he's just 
he's doing everything for her, but she's doing nothing back for him. And in that scene where they're yelling at each other, she's yelling at him more than he's yelling at her. And when he's yelling at her, he's doing it in a sense of defensiveness. None of this movie is about sex. None of this movie is horny. This is a movie that relates back to the concept of relationships in their deepest moments. Sex just being a way to convey people at their most passionate and just tie back to the message instead of just using it as a way to be a horny movie. This isn't Fifty Shades of Grey. And in a wor the words of Tom Cruise in a documentary about Stanley Kubrick... If Stanley Kubrick wanted to make a sex movie, he would, but he didn't. He wanted to make a movie that had sex as a gateway, as a Trojan horse to its deeper messages. Um, I read a novel about Stanley Kubrick called The Stanley Kubrick Archives that breaks down all of his movies and all of the work behind them. This was a passion project for him. This is a movie. Yeah, it was. That had concepts that he wanted to tackle himself. He said in his own words that it was a love letter to his wife and a love letter to the fact that they had a happy relationship, that they were consistently happy and they were not ever in a situation like this because no matter what state of the relationship they were in, he said that they constantly felt fulfilled by each other, that they were happy and that no matter what was going on, grief, they were up highs and lows, that they were always consistently happy having each other and not having to worry about other people around them. And then he had kids. He had other relationships that were all tied in. And he said that this was a love letter to his whole family, right? And if you say the movie about the guy's kids is a sex movie, it makes you look pretty weird. Deeper levels I, are just... Okay, I, do I didn't want to, I didn't... I want to interject really quick. I do think that me and Trey were talking surface level yeah, I never said teams. it's a sex movie. I'm just saying um, there's a considerable amount of sex yeah. in this movie. Me and Trey were definitely yeah. just like surface level. Oh, okay. it's horny. Okay. I right. really appreciated your rant, and I do want to touch on a few things. Do you have anything first, Trey? No, you guys, you guys okay. take this one. I'm so gonna sit this one out. I I do agree with you a lot about what you said and how. Uh, especially with the scene in the mirror, I do think that, I mean, you're saying that like sex is like a Trojan horse, but also like sex is the most intimate, pure form of like compassion almost. And mm -hmm. it maybe that's why like, you know, Tom Cruise is so fucking furious. It's not like, oh, my wife cheated on me it's that like she's getting to experience that with somebody else that's not him and like i think it's really interesting how especially like when she has that nightmare that one scene when they're in bed i can't remember i didn't get a chance to fully rewatch this today um because i was at work i'm gonna pull up the IMDb. but you know what scene i'm talking about like um She's so distraught. Like, both of them feel like shit for most of this movie. And um, it's that final line, like, let's fuck. It's because, you know, they know that that's their purest way to get love back. Because sex is, I mean, it's like you said, it's the vessel to deliver love. Mm -hmm. And, like, I think a lot of the whole... Like, I don't really know. I don't really thought about this, but 
I feel like I'm in a therapy session. Jesus. Um, like this sex cult, like they're using this to, you know, enhance their own lives because it's such a pure form of intimacy. Like it, it's the rawest form there is. No pun intended. <laughs> Like you have Jeez, this, scene. we're just going all out uh, for the sexual yeah. innuendos. <laughs> um, like this scene behind you, Jagger. It's mm-hmm. you know they're all cloaked up, and then you like press play, and two seconds later, everybody's naked, and it's not sexual right away, but it's just like the rawest form of human of being human that there is, like. I think that that's the main use of sex in this movie is just to show like the purest form of a human that there is. Yeah. And I could see where you're coming from. And I think that it does tie in in a lot of ways, right? Like I said, sex is used as a conveyor belt for many, many things in this movie. I think that there's a weird way that, um, and if you watch back at the scene, uh, Whenever you're, he's walking through the room with the lady, right? And they're walking through that room. Uh, and shout out to Babylon for recreating that scene. That was pretty sick. Um, (laughs) but they're walking through that room where everyone is naked and everyone in there is having sex, right? You don't ever see anything in that scene because there are people blocking everything. Now, I mean, if you watch a lot of R-rated movies, they could have shown a lot more than that. They very well could have. But they didn't. Because in a scene like this, it's meant to be taken in an artistical, or in an artistic way. Artistical is not a word. It's meant to be taken in a very artistic manner. Uh, because, I mean, I... I could have sworn I heard it somewhere. I don't know if it was Malcolm McDowell talking about it. Maybe it was Tom Cruise. Uh, and it was in one of the documentaries I watched. Stanley Kubrick made this movie knowing that there were going to be people that went to see it that just saw it as a movie. And in no offense to either of you, it, that he, they, he knew that there were going to be people that just saw it as a movie that just had a lot of sexual content and that's what the movie was so he made it as a movie that people could comp- like digest as that and still understand and appreciate but he also made it as a movie that if you take it on deeper levels you're able to see all of the many many concepts that get broken down and he didn't want those scenes in this club to be too overtly just Look at this. I can put sex in this movie. I was and just I reading a, an IMDb trivia that says Stanley Kubrick reportedly watched movies like Showgirls, Basic Instinct, and Fatal Attraction during the editing phase to get an idea of how to shoot explicit scenes and still retain the R rating. <laughs> um, and by the way, Showgirls is rated NC-17, so someone had it wrong there. But if you... um. If you do really break down the scenes from the sex cult party thing, you'll notice that a lot of it, although graphic and nudity, is never too graphic in its sexual content. Because it's not just, look, I can put sex in this movie, so I'm going to. It is a movie that is meant to use sex as a a way to get things going, you know? It 
is it can be used in many different circumstances as they do use it in this film. Um, and they really do break it down to its deepest levels as an act or however you will put it, uh, based on different levels of passion, right? You look at, although only in dialogue, that final scene that has a lot of intent behind it in a non, like in a very, very personal level. Uh, You watch the scene in the mirror, it's one-sided. You watch the scene in the club, None of these people are really, I don't know if they do because they never give too much context on it. If this person knows who that person is, whether or not you do, I, you can't really say. It's just inferred that they are all in the same business of sorts, right? And if you, that's a, no one is, this is a non-passionate context, a non-passionate setting. So now you have two-sided, one-sided, and no-sided. You have all of it at its most, like, broken down into pieces, right? And it's it's kind of like a puzzle, this movie breaking down all of its thematic elements. I've seen it around five, between five and ten times now. Um, so I can say, and also in the scenes with the... Uh, guy who's like the boat guy i don't know what his label was the navy worker um you have that which is sort of a halfway there on both ends they didn't know each other so you really have it broken down in a display of all of its fullest and deepest forms as an act which is it's done in a very intelligent way and it's handled very correctly uh, I don't think any of this move movie is uh, any of this film. I shall say, is like tasteless at all. I think it's all done in a very, very tasteful, very intelligent way. Um, I think Stanley really knew what he wanted to do with this movie. He clearly had a vision, uh, as it was uh, stated correct by Tom Cruise. There was thirty minutes of this movie, like twenty six minutes, I think it was, that were supposed to be in this. Uh, So the story was told, and it was put together in pieces, spread out over a span of years as to not be in one interview. So it's spread out, so you can't just delete all of it. As it was stated by Tom Cruise over a series of stories, um, Stanley was a popular guy around Hollywood for a while. He was, like, the biggest name there was. Uh, Sometime after The Shining, he had read the book from the 20s that was clearly not as sexual because it's a 20s book. However, it had some sort of sexual elements, but enough to keep it humble. Um, and he had read the book, and he had wanted to do a movie on it, but he didn't believe he had enough enough depth to make a Stanley Kubrick film about it, right? Um, after doing The Shining, he realized he was able to stretch a story further from the truth of the novel, Right? And apparently after The Shining at some point or another, he had attended a party with a bunch of Hollywood people. He had been invited to a party. Clearly it was not as exaggerative as this, but at that party he had learned some things. Learned some things about 
cruelty, learned some things about the fakeness of Hollywood people. And then he wanted to combine it with that book that had this story. So when you took one element and added it to the next, he used the sexual concepts of the book and the concept of these really fake people and also mixed it with the love letter he wanted to give to his family. And he took these three elements and for 12 years, you said, right, Trey? After Full Metal Jacket, 12 years? Yes. For the next 12 years, right after Full Metal Jacket was done being edited, like before it was even released, he took all of that time to take all of these elements that he wanted to make into a movie and make them. He did not know he was going to die. Very clearly did not know this. But he also had a Napoleon movie he wanted to make after this, which is currently being directed by Steven Spielberg. Very exciting. Massive W. It's going to be like a mini series, right? Yeah, they're going to break it up. It was supposed to be like a three and a half hour movie. They couldn't yeah. do it. The script is like 172 pages long or something. <laughs> it's crazy. I'm excited. Um, So he took the elements he wanted to make and he said, the next movie I'm going to make is going to be in... I believe he had said he wanted it to be his best yet. <coughs> he wanted it to be a movie that was deeply passionate and a movie that could convey the sexual themes of the book, the concept of breaking down Hollywood like big people, while also giving the love letter idea to his family. Apparently, along charting his course, according to his family, there was no sign of him being ill in the slightest and then he attended a meeting of like i believe two months before eyes wide shut ended up releasing he attended this meeting in the best of health it was him and tom cruise at this meeting alongside some other big hollywood names that were watching the movie he shows them the movie and in the words of tom cruise they said no chance you have to cut at least half of that movie or we will not let you release it the movie was three hours long and it was supposed to be a stanley kubrick epic alongside things like spartacus when they said that stanley kubrick without any emotion any anger said in the calmest way possible i will not he took the reel of film and took it out with him in fear that they were he was going to release it the studios tried to contact him he would not get back to them one week later stanley kubrick is dead stanley kubrick is dead and at stanley kubrick's house they take the eyes wide shut film reel cut it and Somewhere that footage has either been destroyed or locked up. No one knows where that footage is. Stanley Kubrick's now dead. His family's grieving. One month later, the movie gets released. That's the timeline. Yeah, Tom Cruise was definitely involved. Tom Cruise (laughs) is a weird fucking dude. Yeah. Dude, remember that time he jumped on Oprah's couch? That was wild. <laughs> Dude, remember that time he became a part of a cult uh, called Scientology? Oh, wait, that's still happening. <laughs> John Travolta's in on it, too. Oh, my God. Dude, everybody's in on it. 
but yeah, I mean, there's a lot crazy. of depth behind this movie. Um, everyone wants to know what that final 30 minutes is. No one's going to get it. Um, I heard at least 20 minutes of it by speculation was a really extensive cut of the party scene that went a lot more in depth, sort of hinting at names, just sort of dropping stuff that would have done a lot for society, but did absolutely nothing for the people getting hinted at. Um, what the party was Stanley was invited to, God knows. Um, but I, Dude, I bet that I bet the final thirty minutes is in the president's book. Uh, <laughs> you know, little national treasure reference. <laughs> Fuck a W. Yeah, man. But yeah, peak, this, peak cinema right here. Yeah, this is a movie that I hold in the highest of regards because it's a movie that is not only ambitious but stays very, very true, real, and raw, and tackles themes in an almost Lynch-like manner. Or they hide it behind, it's like a glass onion, you know, not talking about the Garbage Knives Out movie. It is a glass onion of sorts. Um, it's like they, there's layers that are technically see-through, right? If you look at it at face value, some of it does pop out to you, but you need to peel those layers back yourself to see it in all of its glory. It's, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful film. And I think that as far as movies with thematic elements, if you want a movie that's going to really rack your brain, you got to watch it a couple times, and it is endlessly rewatchable, Eyes Wide Shut is prime that. <clears throat> I don't know if it's endlessly rewatchable. I don't know, man. I've watched The it pacing ten- is really good, but like... I've watched it several times with no issue. Like, I could turn it on now. I just find it as a movie that... It's like Boogie Nights. I love watching it. It's just fun. Boogie Nights is fucking peak, man. PTA's best work. Would I call this the best thriller of all time? I wouldn't fight you on it. I know you guys probably disagree, but I think that this is... This is my number 10 movie of all time currently. Taken (sighs) 2. That's a take. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I don't know what the best thriller. I mean, because thriller is it's even harder to like generalize Dude. what a thriller is than I don't know, man. No country is up there. Yeah, it's really 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 a splendid film. If you haven't watched it already, I highly suggest you do. Um there's a yeah. lot of here a lot of theories of what stuff in the movie means. I think I did my best. I made my best attempt to sort of break it down to the best of my ability, but there's more that you as the viewer could find out that maybe I just didn't pick up on. So give it, give it a watch, give it two, give it 10, give it 30. I don't care. Just give it a watch. It's worth it. It's a good movie. Yeah. So following up Jagger's oral dissertation of, uh, eyes wide shut. <laughs> do, should we get into what we've been watching recently? Yes, I mean, please. first of all, first of all, we're done with Kubrick, Evan. Yeah. We are. We have finished. We are done. And you um, ended on so, as, as high a note as you could. Dude, I'm so fucking stoked for Nolan. Yeah, man. If you don't want to see us talk about Nolan for six weeks, go, go vote. Go vote. Lynch and see more of me. Go dude, vote. 
Alan's going to be molding on the Inception episode. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. We'll definitely bring him on. So I yeah. have a Midception defender. What? Oh, <sighs> no. Oh, also, you you could bring me on for a Midception defender. Oh, my God. Yes, dude. It is easily. I haven't seen following, but I guarantee you I'm going to have that higher rated than Inception. I'll tell you the honest truth. I've tried to put on Inception at least 10 times now. I make it like half an hour in and I go, nah. Visually, it's awesome. Visually, it's really cool. And the score is pretty solid, but it's just not good. What the fuck? Okay, okay. You want another Hans Zimmer's best Nolan score? That's. You want more of That's not even Hans Zimmer's best Nolan score. You want a bet? Time is better than Cornfield Chase. I wasn't okay. even going to say Interstellar. I was going to uh, put any any of the movies from the Dark Knight trilogy. That score is above Inception and Interstellar. Crazy. To save your guys' sanity, I won't go into my Inception concepts and my theory, my opinions. But if we're going to talk about inter- or about Inception, if you want to watch a great movie with rotating room sets, watch 2001: A Space Odyssey. Boom. It's a better movie. It's a better movie. And your lead actor doesn't have the uh, acting and emotional range of a plant. Oh, Leo DiCaprio? Yeah, dude. he's That's easily Leo's worst movie. And I have The Departed at two stars. He's actually tolerable at the in The Departed. The Departed is awesome. Second best Scorsese movie? No, second best Scorsese movie goes to The Irishman. No. Okay. Yeah, Irishman is a 99 out of 100. On rewatch, oh, it might be 100 God. out of 100. Irishman is peak, man. Scorsese's best, mo- Scorsese's best movie is Raging Bull. No, it's Goodfellas. Yes. It's, it's Silence. Good. Goodfellas is a four star. It's. <laughs> and Interstellar's a three, by the way. My bad. Oh, my God. I had to drop it. I can't, awesome. I can't handle this. Jagger, Wait. have you even finished Interstellar? Yeah, I did. I did. Okay. The, the more I think about it, the less I like it. Just didn't didn't do anything. Just don't think about God. it. Don't drop it anymore. I'm getting okay. physically ill right now. It might just oh. be that I'm really hungry. Wait. Let's talk about what we've been watching so I can make you guys even have, more mad. Have you seen Silence? Silence? No, yeah. but I want to watch it. Uh, I really, my favorite. I really liked um, Last Temptation of Christ. So maybe another Scorsese uh, religious movie will do me some good. Okay. Let's get into it. Kick us off, Jagger. Okay, uh, so I'm going to go We're, back to... Let's go two at a time each. So, okay, I'll Jagger, you do two, to... and then Evan, and then me. I only have four movies. I'll go to oh, the ninth... Fuck. I'll go to my second movie on the 19th, just because, like, I don't have too Oh, much. we're going all the way back... You're going all the way back there? Yeah, because I don't have too much, and... Okay, sure. Yeah, and you guys probably have a lot more than me. Uh, Evan but... said he only has four. Five. Oh. I have a okay. good one. Yeah. So, my... One from the 19th was The Human Condition Part 1, No Greater Love. I gave it four and a half stars. It It was absolutely incredible. I'm going to rewatch it uh, this weekend because I just want to watch those all three. Uh, I think that the first one is absolutely incredible. I just want to experience it again. I couldn't even write a review. I was so flabbergasted. Have you seen them all? Uh, No, I've only seen the first one, but I'm going to rewatch it before I go back into the second and third. Dumbfounded by that film. Uh, and then my next one is Oppenheimer at three star because I watched it with my brother. Uh, and then I watched it again in a few days did with you, my mom. Did you watch it with uh, Frankie? Yeah. Yeah, what did he think? He thought it was decent. God, Frankie, man. 
Tell him I'm disappointed in him. God, <laughs> I expect more from Frankie. Okay, what do you guys got next? Uh, first two for me. Uh, I got. Uh, I watched one called Starry Eyes, uh, which is a horror movie from 2014. Uh, kind of felt like contracted a little bit, Evan. Um, a little too much like contracted. Yeah. Um, but solid body horror. Uh, I mean, there's some solid scenes. Two stars. It was fine. It wasn't anything amazing. Um, and then after that, I followed that up with, uh, 1970s Wanda, uh, directed and starring Barbara Loden. Um, it was, it was pretty good. Not really my thing, you know, um, but I can definitely see the appeal. Really well done film. Um, but two and a half stars, just not, not for me. Um, but Evan, why don't you just go one at a time? Yeah, I will. Yeah. Um, Yeah. On the 30th, I watched The Zone of Interest a second time. And let me tell you, even better on the second time. Very different emotions the second time. It was just dread the whole time. Like, yeah. Fuck. Yeah. I'll it get was, there. <laughs> it was a really. The pacing on the second watch was crazy. It felt like it was 45 minutes long. It fucking blew past. Yeah. Uh, it's still perfect. It's my favorite movie of 2023. W. Uh, yeah, I hope it wins lots of Oscars. Sound design is peak, maybe the best ever. Mm-hmm. Okay, back to me, I guess. I'm Jagger, do... how many do you have left? Uh, a good chunk, but some of them I'm just gonna group into like I'm gonna do like short things because one of them's okay. a show, one of them's a short film. Oh so yeah, just... because you finished the curse. Yeah, I'm just gonna do a quick burst of five because two of them are shorts and one of them's the curse. Uh, I watched Injustice for All, the Al Pacino movie. Yeah. Um, absolute masterpiece. Uh, I've been meaning Prime. to get around that. Get around it's on that. Prime now. Um, absolutely, absolutely incredible. Uh, then I watched The One I Love. The One I Love I gave... Or, Injustice for All, I gave five stars, 99 out of 100. The One I Love, I gave two stars. I thought it was fine. I didn't think it was anything special, but I thought it was all right. Then I watched Nathan Fielder's short film, Dance. Um, which is just him dancing to Shakira for 45 seconds. Absolutely incredible. W. Sounds like a free log. Gonna log uh, that shit. Then I watched Bad, uh, the Martin Scorsese-directed Michael Jackson music video. I'd never watched the full, like, 15-minute You had cut. never seen that? Oh, it's pretty yeah. dope. I gave it a four and a half. I thought it was super entertaining. Pretty cool. Yeah, um, great song, too. And then I logged The Curse, which was a 10-episode masterpiece. One of my favorite finales in television history. Yeah, I've heard the final episode's crazy. Absolutely wild, and I loved every second of it. So five stars. Good stuff. Uh, After Wanda, I got around to another Purge movie. Uh, The first one was kind of a disappointment. Um, The one with Ethan Hawke. Uh, Jagger kind of built it up, and I just didn't love it. I I thought it was solid, but I just didn't love it. Shout um, out watched... James DeMonico. Shout Ooh. out James DeMonico. Uh, I really enjoyed the first Purge. Um, that's the one I watched. Uh, this one was actually like really cool. Um, who plays Yolan Noel? Yeah, first Purge. Plays cool. the lead in that. He's a total fucking badass. Just killing mercenaries, like breaking necks and shit. That was dope. Dude, have you seen uh, Election Year? No, that's one? probably... 
the it's one really I'm going to get to next. Bro, that movie, you know the kill count videos, like Dead Meat? Yeah, what's the kill it count had, on that one? It's it's like 250 or something. It's, is it is the... election year, is that the one where the guy has the minigun in the back of his... Yeah. Okay, sure. I've seen bits that and pieces sick. of that one. That movie's fucking sick. Um, but yeah, First Purge, solid three and a half stars. Uh, and then I watched Destroyer, which was a nice little film noir uh, detective movie with Nicole Kidman and Sebastian Stan. Uh, from 2018, really good. I really enjoyed it. Nicole Kidman is amazing, as always. It's the uh, same director as The Invitation and Jennifer's Body, so good reason to go check that out. Uh, her name is Karen K K Kusama. Um, I'm going to do three, since I have yeah. so many. Um, and then I watched, I checked off another Coen Brothers movie, because I'm hoping we get the Coen Brothers as our director deep dive. They are my favorites. Um, I watched True Grit for w. the first time. Uh, I don't know what I was... I think I was expecting something a little more serious. This is really funny. The Coen brothers just have this way about them of writing their scripts. I think Ethan does most of the writing. Um, he's just so... The, he, the way he writes is just so funny to me, and I love it so much. Like, shout out to Burn After Reading as well, which is peak. peak. Uh, one of Brad Pitt's best roles. <laughs> um, yeah, it was a delight. It's a great Western. Jeff Bridges is great. Matt Damon is great. Haley Steinfeld Haley just Steinfeld. steals the show oh at like God. 14. She was nominated um, for an Oscar for this, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was like her first ever feature length film. So I would highly recommend this one if you're a fan of Westerns. Very good. Um, I need to get around to the original with John Wayne um but yeah evan i'll shoot it over to you for your next one yeah double featuring like jagger said or one of you said i don't remember we've been I said doing it. a lot of brain i said a it lot first of, <laughs> been a lot of brain rot today uh yeah. i watched the hunt with ben uh from the real talk discord we've been talking about watching it for a while and he's like bro tonight's the night and i was like i just got home from zone of interest ben... i feel like shit i think ben's been on this podcast i can't remember yeah. for what he was on yeah. for something yeah, this is a really fucking good movie. It's I love Mads Mikkelsen so much. Oh my god. This isn't my Goated. favorite Thomas Vinterberg movie. I love Another Round. I think it's a masterpiece. I have mm -hmm. this a little bit below that. Um, yeah, it's super frustrating. Watch. Fuck kids. Kids suck. Ouch. Uh, yeah, fuck you, you Jagger. <laughs> 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 um... Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. Um good stuff. Jagger, you want to give us your next little clump? Yeah, I'll give it I'll give another clump. Uh, I watched Don't Look Now, 73 horror movie, one and a half star. It was fine. Um it <laughs> wasn't scary. I... Uh, Maybe it's... I'm thinking of Don't Look Up that I'm thinking of. Everyone go listen to the Fourth Wall Film Talk podcast episode releasing today. After this, we talk about that alongside Zone of Interest. Um then What's your I, dad think of Don't Look Now? I thought it was garbage. No one, I, neither of us liked it. Okay. Um, then Oppenheimer, two stars, whatever. Uh, then I watched the Stanford Prison Experiment, also two stars. I thought it was really like, perfectly okay. I, like that movie. I do, I do it. Donald Sutherland is in Don't Look Now. I love Donald Sutherland. Oh, just you wait until you see Donald Sutherland's genitalia. Woo! Um, oh, all right. We're watching that tonight. Yeah. <laughs> is he uh, packing? Is he that's, packing? Though? 
He looks like a guy that's packing. I'm going to be honest. Uh, then I have... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Just move on. Stanford, here's my issue with Stanford Prison Experiment. Camera <laughs> angles are cool. Um, but I think... Uh, that it just looks like an IFC movie, which is not the best. It looks like a really early two thousands movie. Um, yeah. And I, I have... here here's a my just to quickly uh, shout it out. Uh, one of my favorite reviews, like ever, came from the Stanford Prison Experiment. Um, let me find it real quick here. Uh, uh white men you recognize but can't name the movie <laughs> it's the it's... most accurate review it's so funny um <laughs> i yeah i really enjoy that you keep going jagger um yeah. i'm just gonna try and get a couple more out of the way so that i can do another little block before i get to my big one i'm gonna do two more donnie darko which i like woke up at like five o'clock in the morning on like a friday i was out of school that day to see zone of interest because it was like not playing near me so I decided to go out to just go watch it. Yeah. Um, and I woke up at like five o'clock in the morning. My alarm hadn't even gone off. Uh, and I had like a weird impulse to just put on Donnie Darko. So I did. Uh, and yeah. watching Donnie Darko at five o'clock in the morning is a wild experience when your brain's not totally able to figure out what's going on. Oh, it's great. I'm sure. And then I was I watched... really scared though. What and did then... you give Donnie Darko? Oh, five. He... That's one of Jagger's all-time favorites. Oh, w. It's like top 15, top 20 for me. W. Uh, then I watched Zone of Interest that afternoon, which I gave five stars. It's not on my top 100 list because I can't for the life of me say it's a favorite movie of mine. Um, but also, go if you want to hear actual thoughts, go listen to like the hour ramble I go on on today's episode of Fourth Wall Film Talk Podcast. Woo. Uh, so yeah, I'll shoot it back over to Evan and then we'll keep going. Or is it going to you, Trey? Yeah. I think it's going Try. to me. It's, yeah, oh, it's um, yeah, so next I watched... I've been having a real... I don't know if you guys have this schedule, just, but just being indecisive when it comes... like I try to do like shuffling your watch list and just doing whatever comes up top, but I've been having a real hard time choosing stuff. I've been really yeah. indecisive recently. Yeah. Um, but... I watched next. I watched uh, the inside outtakes. Bo Burnham. Um, I just needed to experience oh, yeah. as much of that project as I could. That might be one of the greatest uh, media creations in the Absolutely. past hundred years. It's you don't like Bo Burnham. I don't like inside, bro. Oh my god. It's fine. It's fine. We're gonna move on. We are gonna yeah, move we on. Are. I can't have that um, conversation bro. because it's Jagger, like... Jagger, you're just wrong. <laughs> Inside um, is a genuine masterpiece. I think it's one of the greatest pieces of media ever created. It is. It's oh, hello so on good. Broadway is better. I don't just know. What that is. I I know what that is, but I haven't seen it, so I can't comment on that. <laughs> um, and then I watched. Uh, I tr- was like, all right, you're sticking to your watch list. I shuffled it. To all the boys I've loved before came up. I can't um, believe you gave this four stars. What a delight this was! What? I loved it. It was a delight. Four stars. I enjoy. I really enjoyed my time with this movie. I don't I care. Awesome, bro. Um, I'm excited to watch the other two. It was well, good. You know what, and guess what? I get the hype behind Noah Santino. What a hottie, man! He is a good-looking <laughs> man. 
Um, Lana Condor was great in this. I love movies like this, like those teen, um, like romance dramas on Netflix. I like him. I eat that shit up. I, I liked this. It was solid. Um, and I'm not the only one who thinks so. George as, as in George Carmi has this at three and a half stars. Oh shit. Uh, let's see who else has this highly rated. Oh, it's mostly girls that I follow that have this highly rated. <laughs> it's good, I promise. Oscar has this at three stars. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Yeah, knowing that we really know. I mean, Train Jug- Jackie has this at uh, four stars, but uh, again, don't trust his movie taste. So, sorry, 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 Jackie. Uh, but you have some hot takes. Um, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna do two more because I got some more. Uh, so after I watched uh, To All the Boys I've Loved uh, Peak, um, I started a run of five five-star movies in a row, uh, which shout out to Evan for giving me the second one. Yeah. Uh, the first one was Monsters, directed uh, by Gar- Gareth Edwards, who directed uh, the uh, Godzilla movie from 2014. He directed The Creator and Rogue One, A Star Wars Story. <laughs> so just directs like huge second blockbusters. Star that... Wars movie, by the way. What? The second best Star Wars movie, by the way. Yeah, right behind Last Jedi. Um, no, Empire's second best, and then A New Hope, and then A Rogue One. Um, Do you really but... have Return of the Jedi as your favorite? No, The Last Jedi. Oh, the last you weren't being you were being serious. Yes, five stars, dude. Shit's a masterpiece, Whoa, man. I think four and a half is more. I think a nice little one. Okay. Yeah, man. I don't know. I just appreciate that Ryan Johnson came in and tried to do something different, and it actually kind of worked. And that movie is really funny, and you it's just a good don't time. Understand it. I also don't <laughs> like Star Wars. Yeah, neither do I. That's why number. That's why Last Jedi is my favorite because it's not a Star Wars movie. Last Jedi um, misunderstood, dude. It truly is. But back to what I was watching. Uh, Monsters has Scott McNary in it, and yet another person like Evan. We were talking about like Michael Shannon. Like sometimes yeah. just randomly shows up in movies and is always like, "Oh shit, Scott McNary is in this. Let's go." Um, he's the lead in this. He is also uh, plays the terrorist in nonstop. He plays one of the guys that takes oh, over yeah, the plane, um, which what a twist there. Um, uh, but yeah, monsters. It was actually pretty good. Uh, I feel like Gareth Edwards is really good at making these monster movies or these big blockbusters that also have very human elements, a part of them. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed this. I kind of put it in the same air arena as like something like super eight. Um, oh which by the way, God. we'll do a full review on that movie. That movie is Bro, five stars. Hands I down. Cleaning out, I was cleaning out my DVD cabinet today. Cause I had like, yeah, all these, like extras. And I found my disc Blu-ray for super eight. Jagger. Have you seen so super eight? No, oh. but I have oh my. it. Dude, like, it's I, God, so dude, that movie you might it might not hit you as hard because you're like watching it now but like when i was just a little bit younger than you and i think evan was probably around your age that movie came out it's it's it was like my favorite movie as a kid yeah i saw it in theaters bro 
it, I, it's so damn good. I used to watch that movie all the time. That movie is Stranger Things before Stranger Things. Right, well, now I kind of got to check it out. Oh, it's, it's like so this, good. It's like J.J. A, Abrams just cooked there. Yeah, bro. Shout out to J.J. Abrams. Yeah, man. Um, but yeah, to continue my five-star streak, Evan gave me the idea. I watched uh, the absolute masterpiece, debatably the best Richard Linklater film, yeah, School it, of Rock. It's fucking perfect, bro. It's so good. <laughs> it's so good. It's I've seen so School of good. Rock probably close to 50 times. <laughs> yeah I've it's perfect 15 20 times now i love so rock good, oh good four and a half four four and a half in there yeah i have it at a five it's immaculate read between the lines theo read between, between the, the lines. lines uh it's so good all right uh, that when i was a kid <laughs> yeah and then you grew up and you're like oh shit yeah. He's flipping him off. Oh! Dude, that's like when you're watching Shrek 2 and you didn't know who OJ Simpson was and then you watch it later when you know what the fucking white Bronco and it's like, did they <laughs> put an OJ reference in Shrek? Dude, Shrek's Shrek, peak. Wait, you've, um, did you watch I, Shrek 2 yet? No, I haven't watched oh, spoiler, it yet. spoiler, sorry. sorry. No, it's oh, fine. Shrek um, 2 is so overrated, dude. Kate, Jagger, you... No, when I say that, I mean it's like it's like a two and a not two and a half, like a three, three-ish. Nice little top five animated movies of all time. I haven't seen it in a minute. My dad. What do you have Shrek thing. rated at? Me? Yeah. I don't have it rated, but it's probably around a three and a half, four. Dude. Evan, Evan, keep us. us moving. Keep yeah. us moving. Dude, this episode is taking a physical toll on me. Yeah. To... <laughs> this episode is taking a toll that might be greater than the toll this next movie took on me. Shout out to Ferdinand for the recommendation. <laughs> deep, deep fear. Uh, this is really fucking bad. Uh, let me read you the synopsis. Uh, Wait, the Netflix it... one? Yeah. Oh, I've heard good things. Dude, it's dog shit. No, it's I'm so boring. Kidding. Everyone hates so, it. Uh, it's, the tagline is Dive to Survive. A solo trip abroad, a yacht, uh, sorry, aboard a yacht, takes a terrifying turn when a young woman encounters three drug traffickers clinging to the shattered remains of a boat. They soon force her to dive into shark infested waters to retrieve kilos of cocaine from the sunken wreck. That honestly count, sounds kind of sick. Yeah, except the sharks are barely in it. The. CGI is shit. It's boring. There's like two kills. It's it's so shit. Oh my god. <laughs> I told Ferdinand. Dude, you want to watch, watch a you want to watch a shit shark movie? The Black Demon, last year's release oh, with god. Jo uh, Josh Lucas. Uh, so horribly bad. Oh Man. my god. I yeah. I thought I I told Ferdinand I was going to watch this, and he just responded, "You're such a fucking W, bro." Because <laughs> he knows I he's recommended me Jurassic Shark, Megalodon, Shark uh Shark Exorcist as well. Oh, he reckoned me recommend is Megalodon. Is that the one with Michael Madsen? Yeah. Yeah, he wrecked that to me as well. Sucks, it's so bad. it's so terrible. Shark Exorcist is kind of funny though. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. It's actually um. Good. Yeah. I um, I'm dying to see Velocipaster. Like oh, it's I so peak. desperately so peak. I own it. We we need to we need to do an episode on profit films and yeah. get Alex on here. Yeah. Um, to preach uh the word the of gospel. profit. 
the yeah, gospel, yeah. man. Alex preaches the gospel of P- Jeff Prophet. Jager, you gotta watch Queen of the Trap House one and two. <laughs> God, so uh, Jagger, you want to get give us your next few? All right, I'll give it my next block, and I'll end with a real. Uh, uh, er, should I start? Uh, no, I'll get into it now. You should skip over Human Centipede because I don't want to hear you yap about a dog shit movie. Okay, well then I'll include it. Um, oh my god! <laughs> okay, Fight Club five stars. Call me a film bro. Call me whatever you want. It's incredible. Uh, then I rewatched Chunking Express just to kind of keep the train rolling. Masterpiece. I think that it's truly great in every form of masterpieces use. W. Uh, Stop Making Sense I rewatched because I put in a pre-order for the 4K A24 release. Super hyped about that. <laughs> um, then I watched Jenny Beth Art Concert Festival. Uh, it was just like a one-hour recording of a concert that I started before getting on the bus and watched on the bus. Uh, that was pretty sick. Uh, you have that four and a half. Then I watched The Human Centipede 3, final sequence. Two stars. And I want to talk about it just for a minute. Um, My I brain think... can't handle this. Okay. It is a fun watch. Good wording. It, um, okay, the the warden, his dialogue is fucking crazy. I don't know if you've seen this movie, Trey. It's nuts. Mm-hmm. He is screaming at the camera, and he's just yelling racial slurs for most of the dialogue. And then he's cutting people's balls out. You know, it's not funny. It's not crazy. His, his dialogue is insanely cringe and it's almost painful to listen to i have a recording of it somewhere on my phone because i was like i can't believe this shit it's so bad it sounds like and the way i put it in my review is if you showed like a like a 15 year old the first two human centipede movies and said do that you'd get something similar to the third one um but if i i would be lying if i told you that there were not large chunks of this movie that had me laughing quite yeah it made me laugh but there is one specific scene well a sequence in it that pisses me off so fucking much when tom six shows up and starts glazing himself for like 30 minutes straight i almost turned this fucking movie off trey the director of the movie shows up in his own movie as himself and he's like, oh, I'll let you do the human centipede. Like, you can have my movie rights as long as I get to watch. And, and he's just glazing himself. He's got, like, That's a massive him. W. It's That's a so massive W. insane. Because these movies are <laughs> so, so bad. Oh, my God. I love terrible movies. I could not stand this fucking movie. I'll tell you what. The only scene in this movie that genuinely made me, like, really annoyed, and there were a lot of parts of this movie, like, the the use of racial slurs, it's unacceptable. It's crazy. It's fucking nuts, dude. Unacceptable. <laughs> you gotta watch it, Trey. It's on Netflix. It's crazy. But everything <laughs> in the movie, like, the I'm scene... underselling it, how much this guy is just dropping slurs. Oh, my Wait, God. Sir, Evan, Sorry. what about the part where they cut the hole in his back? How wild was that? The whole I'm trying to remember. Evan probably blocked it out of his memory. No, I like this one more than the second one. The second one is just so depraved. Oh my god. Oh yeah, I'm watching the second one on Sunday. I'm doing a binge oh, of all three of them. Rough. It's re-watch. so rough. 
Dude, he puts barbed wire around his dick and rapes somebody. It's oh, oh my what? god! Yeah, it's we're awful. gonna get an NC seventeen rating. Yeah, I mean, no, bro, it is. Like, you can edit god, that out. You can edit god. that out if you want. It's. It I'm not is, editing that out. Oh my god! It, it's sorry, sorry, is... Jagger's grandpa. If you listen to this Dude, episode, that, that episode, that movie is so fucking depraved. I hate it. Um, he cuts um, a hole in someone's back. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, remember when he's laying on the floor and he's like in a dream sequence? Oh yeah, I do remember that. That's yeah, crazy. That part. All right. Do you want me? Do you want me to go do my next ones? <laughs> I'll bust out a few. Yeah. Um, I five left now. Six. You only got five or six, yeah. Evan. Do you have Ooh. any left? Uh, I have two left. Well, one of okay. them's eyes wide shut. Yeah, Trey. The scene. Actually, I'll tell you later. Yeah, <laughs> it will not uh, be suitable. <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's all just bust out the rest of ours. I'll start. Yeah. Um, I kept my five stars going with uh, Liam Neeson's The Commuter. Uh, essentially the same movie as Nonstop, just but just as good, and it's on a train, and you got Mommy Farmiga in it, oh, so God. that's a W. God, dude, and Patrick Wilson, but yeah. they don't. God, dude, that. Both of these movies are just stacked with the most yeah. random actors. Like Florence Pugh is in this movie. Um, Patrick M- Wilson, Jonathan Banks, Sam Neill makes an appearance. Um, it's just crazy how stacked these movies are. Uh, whoever plays uh, T'Challa's... Oh, Le- Le- Latita, Latitia Wright. Whoever plays, uh, Wright, yeah, yeah, that's how you say her name. Uh, T'Challa's sister in the Marvel universe. She's in it for like fifteen seconds. Just peak cinema. Um, he used to be Irish. He's a retired cop. He gets fired. You know the drill. Um, it's actually the same director who did nonstop. Oh, um, and it's so funny. Because he's like, okay, what if we did not stop, but instead of commenting on 9-11, we comment on the 2008 financial crisis. <laughs> I think we could get away with it. We just have and to put does. it on a train. Um, and he does. It's great. It's so fun. It's so dumb. Um, I love it. Uh, and, wow, did I really piss Jagger off with that take of my the, of the commuter? He just disappeared. That's okay. I kept the five star streak going with my fourth five star. I rewatched uh, Mrs. Doubtfire, uh, or should I say Mrs. Doubt Peak? Uh, yeah. So good. I cry every time during this movie. I think this might be Robin Williams' best role. I I don't feel like that's a hot take. Uh, I I think it's where he's his funniest, and I think he gives an amazing performance. Um, just an amazing movie. It makes me so sad, but so happy. Uh, Pierce Brosnan is so good in this movie. Um, and so is Sally Field. Um, and then I watched, followed it up with another five star, The Guilty, debatably one of the best 90-minute thrillers. Uh, Jakey G can do no wrong in my eyes. You also, I didn't realize it till this watch. I think this is my third watch of this movie. You have some goaded voice performances here. Yes. You you have Ethan Hawke, Riley, uh, how do you say her last name? Riley Cuff? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. 
But the lady from uh, The Lodge is in it. Peter Sarsgaard is in it. Um, Paul Dano is in it. Divine Joy Randolph is in it. Um, just a stacked cast. Um, such a good uh, 90 minute thriller. <coughs> um, I think a lot of people have problems with the ending, including you, Evan. Um, I, th- I love the ending. I think it's great. Um, <clears throat> Do I remember all... the ending right now? No, I don't remember how it ends. Of what movie? <laughs> The uh, guilty. the guilty. Gotcha. Did, have you seen this one, Jagger? Oh no, it's on your watch list. I won't spoil it for you, but it gets me every time. Like I'm every time I'm still like, <laughs> it's not going to happen this time, and then it does, and I'm like, oh shit. Um, it's so good. Uh, I love the guilty. Great seat, and I'm also just a huge fan of single location thrillers. Um, did you know that's the same director as Training Day? Yeah. I didn't know that. He's done a lot of peak. Yeah, he has. He has did did Southpaw too. Um, And then for my final one, I I unfortunately ended the five star star streak. I watched uh, Apollo eighteen. Officially, Apollo seventeen was the last manned mission to the moon. But a year later, in 1973, three American astronauts were sent on a secret mission to the moon funded by the U.S. Department of Defense. What you are about to see is the actual footage which the astronauts captured on that mission. Well, NASA denies its authenticity, <laughs> others say it's the real reason we've never gone back to the moon. Uh, it's like a found footage horror movie. It's Bro, this really so fucking peak. Oh, my God. It's really stupid, but I had a blast with it. Um... I, I was actually pretty engaged for most of it, and I could see myself rewatching this, which is why I gave it a three and a half. Um, it's basically like they go to the moon and they find alien life forms on the moon that are the they look like rocks, oh. but then they grow legs and like take you over. Yeah, I feel like I've seen this in, um, like a long time ago. That's sick. It was it was pretty fun. I had a good time with it. Um, that's how I ended this week. Uh, Tuesday, I'll probably come back with less because I work this weekend. Um, oh yeah, Jagger, I forgot to tell you, I finally got a job, dude. It's oh, you did? took so fucking long, but I got a job and I'm so happy. Nice. Um, but yeah, uh, that's what I've been watching. Evan, you want to give us your last two? Yeah. Well, just one. Cause the other one was, uh, eyes wide shut. Eyes wide shut. Yeah. My watch, this was my real talk raffle wreck for last week. Yeah. The long goodbye, the long fucking peak by. Oh my god, this movie has insane vibes. Holy shit, this is like a seventies noir thriller. Yeah, everything. It's just stone cold sick. Oh my god, the dialogue. Yeah, is so but do, it doesn't match the vibes of the goat of vibes, Nicholas Whining Refn. Oh, it's it's different. <laughs> it's different vibes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Dude, I think you would like this. Well, you were saying you like Elliot Gould. Yeah, this movie's fucking sick. Oh, it's Elliot Gould? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love Elliot Gould. Yeah, you He's should watch goat, this. dude. It, He's so like, funny. The pacing's great. It's really funny and just like a great mystery. Oh, it's, it, is it, isn't it. he a delight? Isn't Elliot Gould oh my the goat? God. Just listening to him talk is just like my favorite thing. Holy He's shit. He's so fun. I love him. Yeah, I gave it four and a half. I thought it was awesome. W. Yeah. Jagger, you want to send us off with your last few? All right, my last few is a wild ride. Um, I've got six, not uh, but then I'll cut out eyes wide shut, so I've got five. I watched the Florida Project. W. Have either of you seen it? Yeah, I've seen Twice. bits and pieces. 
God, that movie made me sob. Um, but absolutely, it went up on rewatch. I used to not like it that much. I gave it a four and a half. I couldn't even comprehend parts of it. I'm probably gonna give it a rewatch at some point. We'll go up to a five. Like, love our boy Willem in that. Uh, then benefit. Then I watched Astrakhan. Everyone, right now, stop what you're doing and watch Astrakhan. It is a uh, French coming of age drama. It doesn't even have a thousand logs on Letterboxd, and it is my number four film of all time. This is my second time logging it. I'm telling you, doesn't even have a thousand logs. I'm telling. I do all love of French you, coming of age movies. Mommy is like one of my favorite movies ever. Well, and the right four hundred blows. Absolute. Yeah, the four hundred four star. Uh, what? That's fine. That's still a positive review. I don't care. It's overrated. <laughs> it's good, but it's overrated. Um, that's a fine take. I don't care. All you right now, absolutely incredible, riveting, made me cry. It has a better grasp on life and the essence thereof than any other film I've ever seen. It's just so real and raw. It's incredible. Uh, great yeah. acting performances. How did you watch it? Uh, I rented it on Prime, but then like... Okay, sounds up my alley. I need to watch this like really yeah. soon. Ten minutes after it was over, I bought the Vinegar Syndrome Blu-ray. It's, it's one of those movies, man. It's just like... I wanted to be able to watch it whenever I want without having to pay for it. It's so good. Yeah. But it's worth the rent. It's an independently made film, so any rent, I guess, does help those creators. Great film. Then I'm not going to pirate this one. Then I watched Begotten. Uh, It's on YouTube. You can barely tell what's going on. It's 72 minutes. It's one of the most disgusting films I've ever seen. There's like a 10-minute sequence where someone that's supposed to be God is in like a dress with like a giant lump coming out of their body and they're just stabbing it with a knife. It's cool. like a, a wide shot. I gave it three and a half stars. I couldn't even believe what I had been watching. Um, but it was quite the way to ca- uh, cap off January. Uh, and I started January back up with Peak. I watched Mulholland Drive. Uh, peak. Absolutely peak. Pinnacle. I believe- Second best Lynch. The Winky scene is my favorite scene in all of cinema. So I just can't really think of many scenes that get, gave that effect to me. Uh, then I watched, and this is my last one, then I watched True Stories. Uh, I gave it five stars, 99 out of 100. I might Dude, go to is that the Jonah Hill set? Uh, <laughs> no, it's uh, David uh, David Burns movie yeah. from the Talking Heads. Evan, yeah. Evan, you need to get on this. Jagger forced me to watch it. It's so good as yeah, john I goodman like, i don't like the talking heads though oh then you'll hate it don't watch it yeah half of it's a not talking big. heads ad Ta- half of it is a talking not, heads not big on talking heads oh they're so good dude letting the days go by i was listening to that today my brother showed me that music video when i was like 14 years old and i was like this is the stupidest fucking thing i've ever seen have you did you oh then don't watch stop making sense stop making sense no my brother saw it in uh, imax I know they're playing it. They're playing it near me right now. And I really want to go see it. Dude, um, they, they're doing a rerun of it. If you go see it, you can pick up like a collector's edition 4k early. Oh, you know what really, what's really cool. The Hollywood theater, um, which both of you, if you guys ever come visit me, we'll go see something there. It's like, uh, it's like the only cool theater in Portland. Um, they right now are selling tickets. They're doing a special night only showing, uh, for the 25th or like the 50th anniversary of Foxy Brown, which is like a Pam Greer detective movie from the seventies. And 
if you go, tickets are like 50 bucks, but if you go, you get like a signed, uh, there's a limited amount of like signed custom posters for this event signed by Pam Greer. That's sick. Yeah. Dude, um, on, on the note of the talking ads though, I just picked up a Remain in Light vinyl yesterday, dude. Five. W. W. Jagger, have you um, watched Twin Peaks yet? Yes. Have you seen sure. Firewalk with me? Yes. Where do you rank it on Lynch's uh, list? Very high. I have it at four yeah. and a half. Dude, I've been... it's so fucking good, Trey. You gotta get on it. You mean to rewatch it? Probably. Lynch is five. Lynch is just hard for me, man. I skipped I, the filler when my... I was watching Twin Peaks, Jagger. You what? Uh? I skipped the filler in season two. How? Because I was like, man, season two is on a pop-off moan. Like, it's going crazy. Episode nine yeah. is like one of the best episodes of TV ever. Sorry, I'll make this quick. No, and I heard that I heard that the filler was shit. So I was like, I don't want to ruin my enjoyment. It's not though. There's so I watched no... the YouTube uh, recap. There's no bad Twin Peaks episode. None. Yes, there is, dude. No, there is not. Even like, okay, even like the last. So there's like the last four episodes after the filler, right? Two of the mm-hmm. the like third and fourth last episodes are kind of drag, and then the last two episodes are masterpieces. All right, don't spoil it for try, but no, I won't. It. No, no, no fire yeah dude. yeah season um, season two is very up and down i don't know man yeah da- david lynch does no wrong he dude, just vibes gordon cole is like one of my favorite characters ever he's the he, he he's in twin peaks tray and he has yeah. hearing damage so he's wearing headphones all the time and he screams at everybody it's so fucking that's funny. very funny and Wait, there's this is there's that the this place yeah yeah, dude. Oh my god. There's this scene where he goes to riz up this girl, and uh, her boyfriend walks in, and he's like, "What are you doing?" And David Lynch goes, "What you're looking at is a three fourths full on attempt at a kiss." <laughs> and now I would like to get back to it. And he's like straight up yelling. It's so funny. Oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. The one part in Twin Peaks where he introduces the dancing lady is one of the funniest oh, yeah. moments in Lynch cinema. Ah, oh, peak. Um, but yeah, Jagger, thank you for coming on, uh, coming back on the pod today. Uh, we will definitely have you back if we do a Lynch watch through. Um, we definitely won't have you back if we do a Nolan watch through, um, especially for Oppenheimer. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, listeners, if you want to follow us on our socials, Jagger is Jagger film fan on letterbox Jagger film reviews on tiktok and twitter and jagger the movie guy on instagram and twitch also go check out fourth wall film talk a podcast hosted by jagger and jagger's dad joshua uh where they break what's the tagline we're breaking down the fourth wall breaking down the walls of cinema uh or whatever yeah okay i thought i got i knew i wouldn't remember it um really good stuff i've listened to a few of their episodes really good stuff really good conversation they were both very intelligent um and they complement each other very well i will put a link to their channel down below uh so click on that go check out their pod give them some support um and also check out oj productions jagger has been uploading a bunch of shorts recently uh i think that is still in our link tree in the average film enjoyer description i think i'm just gonna leave it there um thank you go check out we have the link to their channel in our description go check out jagger shorts they are loggable on letterboxd not anymore because someone reported them all 
What? Why? Someone reported them all for not being real short films, uh, said that there's just videos, got them all taken off TMDB, and then deleted my bio for my acting profile. Like, Who the fuck me- reported it? Someone got really mad. Are know. you shitting me? No, that's Damn. serious. Someone reported each and every one of them individually to Letterboxd. Oh my god. Alright, here we go. I'm gonna go on a rant for a second. If you're listening to this podcast right now, and you're the one that... Chances are they're not, because all of our fans love us. I'm sure. I don't know. We have zero interaction with them. Um, Except for maybe that guy from Brussels who apparently has listened to every single episode we've ever released. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Fourth Wall, too. We got the same guy. (laughs) Are you serious? Dude, this guy's goaded. He's our our OG, our day oneer. But if you're listening to this, the person that reported all of Jagger's shorts, go fuck yourself. You literally have... Do you get zero enjoyment from life that you have to go and individually report all three of these because that makes you so angry that somebody else is doing something creative and awesome and just because you have no creative bones in your body doesn't mean you have to ruin it for everybody else. So if you're the one that did that and you listen to our podcast regularly, please don't. We don't want you listening to our podcast and just, I mean, just you, you should be condemned to just watch Hobbs and Shaw for the rest of your life. Just yeah, on loop, 24-7. Yeah, just fuck yourself. Um, Hobbs and Shaw to four and a half. Oh my god, that's that fucking, fucking insane. insane. Oh maybe, maybe it's Evan that did it. Maybe it's Evan because of that Hobbs and Shaw rating. <laughs> Dude, Jason no. Statham is... Oh my god, I love Jason Statham so fucking Um, much. He's the only good part of that movie. Um, But yeah, uh, go check out OJ Productions. They're all goaded. Even though you can't log them on Letterboxd, what what's something they could log on Letterboxd in place of what is something is there anything that you've been in Jagger that you can log on Letterboxd? I feel like there was like Um, I mean there's the pitchfork retreat and there's uh the home. Okay, and there I- we go. Pitchfork retreat. Go log the pitchfork pitchfork retreat. Oh no, no, you- no, no, no. Go log Frozen Glare. It doesn't have even have a poster and I didn't put any names under it. It's my newest short film. Uh, but I decided not to attach myself to it, and it's staying up. So someone's Sick. just mad at me. Go watch Frozen Glare, and if you watch any of his short films, just log Frozen Glare and put your review in. Um, yeah, go check them out. They're really good. My favorite is still Nap. Um, that is easily my favorite. It's very Lynchian, and I love it. Um, uh, if you want to follow me and Evan on our socials, Evan is Evan O five six seven on Letterboxd, and I'm trying to film new basically everywhere. Uh, I am not active on TikTok right now. I've not been active for a hot minute, um, but I may be returning soon. We'll see. It's just so much fucking work that I don't want to do. Um, but yeah, I'm most active here in Letterboxd. Um, very active on Letterboxd. Uh, <laughs> um. subscribe to this channel please we love the support keep sharing us we've been getting insane viewership the past few episodes um which has been awesome we're consistently getting like 70 anywhere from 70 to like 150 views on our videos which is great keep sharing us with your friends that like movies uh share it with your friends who don't like movies so that maybe they can grow to like them um vote down below for who you want to see in the next director deep dive Christopher Nolan is leading right now. Um, Voting will close right before our episode on Tuesday. 
Um, quick shout out to these guys, Trey and Evan. Uh, both of you have kept my legacy alive after I have left, and you have done it so much justice. I've been listening, and I've been a huge fan of what you guys have been doing. Oh, uh, we appreciate it. Um, Our platoon episode was a bit rough, but that's because I was like, yeah, yeah this movie's so... <laughs> yeah, this movie's so good. But you guys have really been keeping it alive. I'm really excited to see where you guys get. I'm really like excited to see all of it. I will be here for the ride, and everyone, Ugh. keep listening. They're gonna go places. So we appreciate it, it. Um, I think the other episode. I've been really happy with all of our episodes, except the one we recorded after we recorded with Eric. I think we were both like really, really tired uh, yeah. from how much prep we put into that episode. Yeah. We were both like, yeah, Barry Lyndon, pretty good. All right. Yeah, have a good day, everybody. Um, no, uh, d go vote for the director deep dive. I will put the link down below on YouTube and in Spotify or wherever you listen. So you can go vote uh, there. We, there's 10 choices up. Please give us your opinion. Uh, we want to see, we want to hear from you guys. Go, um, use, go use the, uh, average film enjoyer pickleball set i'm an active pickleball player yeah i keep forgetting one. to shout out our merch afepod.com we have so much merch uh it's ridiculous all courtesy of the one the only jagger nelson um I was working on a new design that's randomly gonna drop without these two knowing um hell yeah i didn't we me and evan didn't even know about this so uh <laughs> apparently there's going to be new merch dropping. This is the first we're hearing of it. Uh, but yeah, join us Tuesday. Evan, I believe we're recording Rocky. Um, yeah, oh, I got to watch that. Yeah, uh, I got to watch that too. Uh, it will be a first watch for me. And it's next... Carl Weathers. Yeah, yeah. Like, perfect timing, man. Well, um, out. <laughs> well no, terrible timing. But like, it's like... <laughs> Jesus, fuck. I know what uh, you mean. You guys know what I mean. I'm not saying that Carl West. I'm saying that, like, you know, it's yeah. like, yeah. it's serendipitous that we're reviewing that. Um, nice. Oh, my God. Uh, shit. I lost my place. Um, and the next Friday, we'll be doing the first two films of whichever uh, person you vote for. Right now, it's looking like it's going to be um, Chris Nolan. Um Let's see. And then the Tuesday after Rocky, we are reviewing Hotel Rwanda with Don Cheadle, which I've never seen, but I'm looking forward to. I've heard good things. Uh, so, yeah, join us for those. Um, thank you for joining us on The Average Film Enjoyer today. Go watch a film. Go watch a film with your friends. Uh, go watch 1999 A Sex Odyssey. Um, and then listen to Jagger's 40-minute dissertation on that movie. Um <laughs> But yeah, thanks for joining us today on The Average Film Enjoyer, and we will see you next time.